The best salespeople in the world are the ones who do it without you even noticing. Everyone's a salesperson, especially if you're an entrepreneur. In the I'm Not Salesy podcast, join me, Cassie McKenzie, and my fabulous guests as we dive into the top strategies, mindset, and energetics around sales and money so that you can hear more, yes, I'm in, instead of crickets or getting ghosted. So if you're ready to fully book out your programs with aligned AF clients and have people chasing you down in your inbox asking how to work with you, then subscribe to this podcast today and become not salesy too. Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the I'm Not Salesy podcast. And I have such a fun guest today. Um, And this is great for you because I know I talk a lot about um, not just landing a sale and like getting leads and getting new customers in, but creating a very loyal following, almost like a movement and, you know, having clients that want to keep signing on with you and buying from you over and over and over again, because it takes a whole lot less money and energy to retain and sell to a current client than it does to find new leads and, you know, work through the relationship process and get them to the point where they're ready to buy the majority of them anyways, right? So today, okay, Steve, tell me how to say your last name. My my guest's name is Steve. Is it Buzogany? Yeah, nailed it. Oh my God, I did great. I should have just gone with my intuition. Okay. (laughs) As you know, I'm filter free here on the I'm Not Salesy podcast. But, um, you know, as your host here, it's great to show you the real behind the scenes, right? So, okay. So Steve, is so much fun. So he's Steve's a lifetime entrepreneur and he's the founder of the Appreciation Advocate, which is a company that uses gift giving to generate more referrals for small businesses. So if your love language is gift giving, he is your man. And Steve is, he made his business debut in real estate selling nearly a hundred million dollars worth of real estate, which is amazing. And he's become a master of relationships and well-known for leaving a unique and lasting positive impression on people. So I am really excited to talk to you about this, Steve, because what led you to, are you still in real estate or have yeah. you left that? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, where I still do it a little bit. Where, where do you live currently? Cause it is. I'm in Philadelphia. Oh, cool. I love Philadelphia. I'm so yes. sorry about the Super Bowl. I was really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was actually just hoping <laughs> heartbroken still. another freaking Super Bowl having to hear about Patrick Mahomes. Sorry to all you Kansas City people out there, but uh, I mean, it's just the next the next version of Tom Brady. That's all. Oh, ew. So. No way. As in Tampa, <laughs> I live in Tampa Bay and on t- Tom Brady Day, it is like a holiday, which is Sunday during football season, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> Tampa Not Bay. Not anymore anyway. So, okay. Well, that's amazing. And how, tell me how you got started with this and what was your inspiration for, you know, bringing on this entrepreneurial journey? For sure. Uh, for me, I think it was, I, I, I actually initially studied accounting in college and that was what I was shooting for. And cause that was the safe job that everybody told me to get. So I went and did that and I, I got a couple, I did this thing called a co-op program where they gave basically oh. allow you to do uh, internships uh, while you're still in school. So you kind of get less real life experience right. and then basically set yourself up for a job once you graduate, which was awesome. But um, where'd you go to only... school? Sorry. Uh, 
No, St. Joe's University. Oh, okay. I went to Virginia Tech. There's a nice. lot of people there. So, okay, nice. continue. Please continue. <laughs> okay, no problem. So basically what happened was um, I got into, uh, I did a couple of internships and I absolutely hated them. And I was like, I can't do this for my whole life. I'm a numbers guy, but I can't do numbers nine to five for 30 years. And, you know, that's not a shot at anybody who can. That's just not my personality. So, right. but the only problem was I had just finished junior year. I only got one more year left. I'm like, I can't start over at this point. So like, what am I supposed to do? I need a career that I that does not require a whole lot of prerequisites and I can still make a, a nice income for myself. And then I found real estate, yeah. and, you know, did all that and did really well with it and get, you know, got the, uh, you know, rookie of the year, all that fun crap that they tell you. Yeah. And, and then, um, yeah, yeah. and that, that's just kind of what took off from there. And then, uh, the whole, the way appreciation advocate got started, uh, that got started was because, uh, I, I, so to kind of go hand in hand with your podcast here, like the I'm not salesy podcast. So oh. I myself am not very salesy. I don't like to call people out of the blue and just be like, so you know anyone buying a house or anything like that? Like, yeah. I can't be like, I can't ask people that. Uh, so what I would do is I'd send them gifts to kind of like break the ice yeah. um, beforehand. And I could call them up and then say, hey, I just, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we've known each other for a while. I would just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you. And, and I sent you a gift. So I just want to make sure you got it. Yeah. And it was just something as simple as that. And they were like, oh my God, yeah, this was so nice, Steve. It was like out of the blue, totally didn't expect it. Uh, this is so nice, uh, blah, blah, blah. And now, of course, they know I'm in real estate. So they would inevitably ask, how's business or how's the market? So, like, that would apply to anybody who's in like the financial services world or anything like that, or anybody yeah. who's a small business owner at all. They would always, you know, you can expect that question, how's the market or how's the business? Yeah. So, that's your organic door open right there, where mm -hmm. now you can talk business and not be salesy. Uh, so that right. was basically what I did. And that was how I started building relationships. And I, cause that, then I could talk about real estate and get after it organically without being a totally salesy a-hole. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question around that now, why is it customary? Okay. We sold a house a year ago, actually almost to the date. It was February 13th. We owned a house in St. Augustine, Florida and bought it in, Oh, 2017. So we sold it a year ago and made basically what we put into it. Okay. And so we like, you know, we sold it for twice what we bought it for. Nice. And, but my real estate agent created a buyer's gift, but didn't come to the table with a seller's gift. And while I know I'm walking away with a big paycheck, I'm also the one that gave her the listing and I know that listings create the leverage where they bring you more buyers and more hot leads. And I was wow. like, I could have chosen a lot of people. And yet, like, you didn't get me a gift for choosing you to list my house. Like, that rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, that wasn't just it, right? That wasn't like I... the only thing. But like, because there was like a couple of other things along the process with, because we were like balls to the wall getting everything looking perfect. Like the, probably like the perfect listing people. Cause like, it was a shit show when our renter moved out and we were, it was like amazing. We put like five days worth of work into it. And got you take it care of it? Around. Like it went from like, Hey, I think I want to list this to ready to list in about a week. And we have two kids and my husband had COVID. It's like, we were <laughs> You know, and so there was like a lot of things that happened Jeez. along the way. So I was like, and so she asked for a referral afterwards. And I was like, uh, I just ignored the message. But I probably would have written one if I felt like I was treated a little bit more like special. You know what I mean? Now, we don't live in that area anymore, but I could, you know, suggest her. But 
and I'm in sales, you know what I mean? Like I, and I'm a pretty forgiving person and I know that like, I know what it takes to sell, but why is it customary to do a buyer's gift, but not a seller's gift? Well, it's, it's actually not customary <laughs> to give a gift at all, typically. Um, yeah. And the stereotype, and I'm making fun of realtors here because I am one. So I'm allowed to take <laughs> shots. So the, the stereotypical real estate gift is a bottle of champagne at settlement for the buyer, which yeah. is also a crap gift as well, because, and there are, there are three major gift giving problems and, you know, I do public speaking as well. So uh, some of the, some of the talks I do, one of the talks I do is actually called um, how to stop unintentionally poisoning your best relationships. Now that realtor that you just told me that story, that was an unintentional poisoning of a good relationship. Yeah. And now she thinks she's doing her job, doing a great job. And, th and that's awesome. The only problem is she was poisoning the actual relationship that started the whole transaction to begin with. And I was just like, well, like, I don't, uh, for the people who can't see the visual here, I'm sitting here with my mouth open while the whole time <laughs> he's telling me the story. Like, I cannot believe that the agent who represented you got the buyer a gift and not you. Like yeah. you're the, the one who signed the listing up at, with her. I'm, I'm like appalled. Like I, yeah. I could not, so, but you know, I'm not trying to talk bad on her. I just, that's, that is. So the problem with that is when we're younger, it's almost yeah. like financial education. Like it's not a, pr a common practice. You're either born into a family that's going to teach you how to manage money or you're not. And there's there and that you're basically, it's the luck of the draw. Someone's going to, or you have to have the desire within you to go out and learn it. And right. That's basically the whole that process. of Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the process of gift giving is the same. You're either born into a family that instinctually is good at it or you're not, or, and you have to go out and learn how to do it. The only problem is with a lot of things is that a lot of people teaching gift giving are actually not really all that good at it either. Yeah. There's only like two or three people in the entire world that I know of that um, <laughs> that would actually teach it right. So like, and the problem, the big, the big three, uh, the problems with uh, gift giving is that like the most people who do client appreciate, like, do you mind me asking, what did the, that agent give the buyer? Are you, was it? It was like a pretty cool gift basket full of like, it was almost like very customary personalized gifts that, let me yeah. guess, lotions, candles, towels, like things for, I mean, I've seen ones that she's posted on, on Instagram that she's given to like her yeah, buyers. They, they, that they look bought. nice. They look nice, but they're completely useless. Like the lotions and the candles and the <laughs> soaps and made from some, you know, obscure root from the middle of the Amazon. Yeah. Like something like, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so stuff, stuff like that. Like those are, those are gifts that look visually appealing. They look fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, except they're not usable really for most people. Like when I get that kind of stuff, I, I usually just kind of toss it. It's yeah. not. So the, here's the thing. I'll talk about the three big problems real quick for you. So the first big yeah. problem is that most gifts actually only make one impression. And now as a marketing expert, my job is to stay top of mind. You can't stay top of mind with one impression. That's right. the first problem with the gift. So when I give a stereotypical bottle of champagne or you take people to an event or to dinner or to lunch or are out to a coffee, that is only one impression. So whatever you spend on the coffee with that person or the, the multi-hundred dollar bill you might have dropped for the dinner, or if even if you took someone to the Super Bowl, that, yeah. that's that's all one impression. So you, right. that's that's no good. The second thing, uh, the, that one impression is usually neutral or negative. So if it's neutral, you know, whatever, they're indifferent. They're not going to take action on that. If it's negative, they're going to take action in a way that doesn't benefit you. So, you know, one-off lazy gifts like gift cards or just a flat out bad gift that, you know, has nothing like something that, you know, I don't even like to cook. And if somebody got me a, a bunch of different stuff for cooking, I'd be like, yeah. why, why are you giving me this? <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, so like, a, like a barbecue seasoning kit. <laughs> 
Right. Like that's fine if you're good at barbecue, but if the person doesn't, you just got it because you thought it looked cool on the shelf at the store and you just yeah. snagged it. That's no good either. So the neutral or negative impression doesn't do anything for producing referrals and repeat business as well. And the third big problem, this is probably the biggest one, uh, is that people lie about their real feelings regarding the gift. So like no one ever tells you that your gift sucks that just out of curiosity, out of cur- uh, sorry, out of courtesy, they're not going to yeah. say, Hey, Cassie, thanks so much for the gift. Um, by the way, it sucks. You can go home and shove this up your, you know what? Right. Like no one's going to, no one's going to say that to you. So, uh, they're going to, yeah. the, the, the bad gifts get the same feedback that the, only the good gifts sh- should get. And that yeah. is what keeps the good, the, the, the death cycle of gift giving continues. Cause then you get, you know, oh my God, you shouldn't have. Thank you so much. And you walk away thinking, oh my God, I'm so great. I did such a good job. Meanwhile, they turn around and gift it to somebody else. Right. It goes to the shelf that gets given to the teacher. (laughs) They toss it or it goes to Goodwill or whatever it is, like a stupid t-shirt with your own logo on it, like that kind of stuff. Um, That is what, those are the three big problems. So when people can correct those and avoid those problems, that's where you start building the referrals and uh, making the focus about the client instead of you. Like, don't put your own branding on things. I know every marketing person listening yeah. to the podcast is going to be like, their eyes probably twitching right now that you can't put your logo on things. <laughs> you know, recently, yeah. So, um, what is that guy? Russell Brunson. Okay, so if oh, you're, he's awesome. Yeah, and he talks about building your own movement and building like your own kind of cult following, yes. right? And so what I've seen happen is a couple of coaches, you know, like what's common in the coaching industry is for people to then create like their movement, like whatever that is, and then put it on shirts and give a free shirt to the people who join their membership. This happened recently to me. And then they're like, everybody put your shirt on and let's take a picture. And so like 50% of the people who don't know what's happening are like, oh, sure. I know I'm here to learn from you to build my business and to build my own movement, but let me put your branding on and then put it on my social media. So you're like a walking advertisement for someone else while you are trying to make a name for yourself. And I refuse. I'm like, that shit goes right in the drawer or right to good (laughs) will or whatever but yeah i I might wear it on like my private time but like i'm not nothing else there and do your branding if i'm here learning about you know what i mean so think about that business coaches and sales coaches out there now yes if you are a healer or some other business and you're not like trying to do the same thing that your coach is doing then or that your clients are doing then by all means i think that might be appropriate or might work for you it but depends like, on it depends on the brand yeah. like like yeah. for example like if you get someone a custom gucci bag gucci's a powerful brand you see that on there I wouldn't, that's like i'd be like guess who gave this to me <laughs> yeah you're everybody's going to know everybody's yeah. going to know who got you the gucci bag or or the christian louboutin shoes or whatever like it's going to yeah. be oh there's those red bottoms guess who got me these like you know they're yeah. like oh, your realtor got you those they're like damn you got a realtor you got <laughs> right <laughs> so, yeah. so but like that like this so to kind of counteract the three problems we just talked about those and since we're talking about like giving good gifts right now those six qualities are you want to have the focus on the recipient not you because that's what mm-hmm. separates a a gift from a promotion because uh, promotions sure. are about the giver and receivers, the gift is about the receiver. Uh, obviously, the gifts have to be high quality. Uh, they don't have to be, um, you know, Gucci bags or Christian Louboutin shoes, but they could be uh, anything that's not like a tchotchke or something you would get at a, a right. conference. Uh, yeah. They obviously personalize Another it if you can. Canvas tote bag. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's just more like a trash bag <laughs> yeah. to me. So uh, personalized, uh, if you can, deep emotional impact. Obviously, if you know if you know a lot about the person, play the heartstrings. If you can, that puts you ahead of the game. 
uh, has staying power, things that stay around the house. Like when I would gift my clients, I wouldn't get them a bottle of champagne at settlement. I would get them a custom watercolor painting of their house that they can hang up. And that yeah. would stay in the house and people would come in and be like, oh my God, it's a really cool picture of your house. Who gave you that? Realtor gave me it. Yeah. Uh, or, or a really cool custom cutting board. Again, the cutting board wouldn't have my logo. It would be like their monogram of their last name with the address of the house on it and the date they bought the house. And it was this beautiful piece of wood. And, it, and they yeah. actually, actually 95% of the time, the client would say, Steve, I love this cutting board. The only one problem is I'm never going to use it. It's so beautiful. I want to hang it up. I'm not going to cut on anything on this. I don't want to yeah. disturb this at all. So it actually became a piece of decor rather than an actual cutting board uh, because it was yeah. that nice. Uh, but it, And it was all less than like, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. It was never that expensive considering I just sold them a house that landed me a four or five figure check. Yeah. I think, you know, 50 to 100 bucks is not really all that much. No. Just, you know what I mean? <laughs> It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's it really giving. is. Well, that's the impression. That's yeah. the impression thing, which is, and it's, it's not just making one impression. Every time they walk by that, they're going to see that every time a friend or family member comes in, they're going to see that. And they're going to bring me up. I'm going to get brought up all the time. So my marketing for a hundred bucks is going way farther than your $250 dinner that you just took everybody to. That's right. going to be or the Super Bowl that you spent $10,000 on or whatever else yeah. event you it is. So, you know, um, now that you say that, I, one of my friends down the street, she has in her house like this super cute little, because we live in St. Pete Beach, Florida. Nice. And so she's got like, it's got like the latitude and longitude and kind of like a map on a, um, you know, like a acrylic. Thing. yeah, like one of those ones that's like, hey, well, you know, here's our home kind of thing. And it was yeah. her realtor gave her that. And, nice. so, and it was like a conversation piece. I was like, oh my God, Karen, that's so cool. Where'd you find that? Because, you know, obviously we live in the same town. I mean, and how brilliant is that? Because you've got people coming over who live in your same town who are like, oh, my realtor gave me that, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. That's yeah. so like next level genius. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything I, we call it attacking the kitchen um, at appreciation advocate, where you basically we call it attacking the kitchen because people spend the most time there. So yeah. if I can fill up their kitchen with stuff that's actually yeah. usable and high quality, then every time they basically, anytime they touch anything, they're going to think of me. Like a lot of people don't have ice cream scoopers. A lot of people don't have pizza cutters. A lot of people don't have um, a really nice pair of scissors. Like you can go to Cutco and get some really nice stuff that'll yeah. last and it's engraved yeah, yeah like lemon squeezers too like we always need one of those um yeah anything and, you know like at the beach beach chairs are such a great cool fun thing too that would you know that we pull out all the time and use that would be cool like if if you know for your you and your like for me in philadelphia real estate market like that's not gonna be you know beach chairs are not really a thing here like just yeah you know we're just kind of stoops and right. condo high rises but uh yeah. we're like we would do like for you in florida though in the in, mm. uh, in at the beach like uh, if i was a realtor down there i would be thinking how do i get custom beach chairs made with the client's names engraved on them yeah like that's like totally. any kind of like that would be super cool like some kind of polywood too if you i mean yeah. it's probably expensive but i don't i would come up with something i'd be like there's gotta be something i can do that every time they go to the beach they're gonna think of me so what do you suggest for people who are like online service entrepreneurs, you know, like, or if they're, you know, we have like fitness coaches. So people from the coaching industry, plus, you know, like if you're web designers or um, copywriters or brand people or marketing people yeah. or anybody that's offering some sort of service online. Yeah, for sure. So one, I would first say if everybody's package is exactly the same, like, cause like uh, in most businesses, there is a top 20% that pays for the 80% of the income. Focus yeah. on them. That's where I'd spend the time. 
That's where you should be investing the money that, that, cause those people have bought into you the hardest. They have the most likelihood to refer you. So that's mm -hmm. where you spend those times. You, you, you know, invest more gifts, more time, more effort into those people. Um, if all of your clients, um, again, that's assuming that they, that, sorry, that, that was if they don't, or if, if all clients are not equal, like if you have a top 20% that maybe pays more than everybody else, those are the people right. you focus on. If everybody is the same, like everybody's worth $20, then, then I would cycle gifts every like quarter, like, like, okay, I'm going to hit this hundred this quarter, and then I'm going to hit this hundred. And you just, every quarter, you just change the hundred yeah. and, and you just give back in some way yeah. and just be, because the gratitude, uh, expression of gratitude is what's going to make you bajillions of dollars because everybody loves to be thanked and shown appreciation. Um, but nobody really knows how to say that. Like nobody walks around saying, oh my God, I wish I could just get a thank you from somebody. Like they just, they're, they're like, they're more Some like- people wow. do, moms do, I'll tell you well, what. Of course, yeah, moms do, that's different. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck do I have to do to get somebody <laughs> to appreciate me? Right, exactly. So that's another thing. So you can get that in and and have uh, people, um, when you do show appreciation, you you show up in an uncommon way and that makes you stand out. And, mm -hmm. and believe, I mean, she's just saying thank you is- considered yeah. a, uh, an extraordinary common trait or uh, an extraordinary trait today. So yeah. just th that'll, that will make you quote unquote extraordinary just to yeah. say, thank you. Isn't it crazy? I know we believe that cannot believe that, <laughs> but that is the truth. <laughs> I know I used like, I have a pharmaceutical sales background. And so when I was in pharmacy, nice. I joined like Oh, at the tail end of like the hottest point when you could like, you know, take people anywhere and bring, yep. you know, That's what my wife does sunshine act when it, Oh, she does. But who she worked for. She used to be with GSK. Then she moved to a company called insight. And then she, now she is with yeah. Merck. Merck. Yeah. Okay. I was with J and J and then I worked at Santa Fe for a while and then a couple other companies too, but I haven't for like about, we have young kids. So ever since they were born, that's what I came out and became a sales coach. So Cool. You know, but it was so nice. Like we used to have these amazing little like coffee tumblers that said our product's name on the outside and the pens. When the day that we couldn't give pens away, it was like God was taking away Jesus. Like seriously, <laughs> the nurses were like, don't you have the pens? But what about the pens? Like we can't give a fucking pen out. Like it's like a dollar. But yeah, yeah like the bad apples spoiled the bunch there, but you know, I can't yeah. tell you how, like, that's how I looked at it too, though. Cause I was like, how do I get, how do I get my product to get sold without me having to be there 24 seven and having those little reminders that anytime somebody reaches for something often throughout the day, if they're going to a, who, wherever they're going to the same place, that's to me where you want your gift to originate from, you know? And so and I, yes. like, I, I loved, I loved the fact that like everything was, was red everywhere in the offices. Cause I had basically gone and like, like, you know, dropped a bomb everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It was all your branding, all your marketing, but like, not really. Uh, yeah. The cool thing, like um, the, a mentor of mine, uh, a guy named John Ruland, he mm -hmm. basically said that uh, you want to show up for people in, uh, for, for common people in uncommon ways. Yeah. And, and I think that was uh, a really a good piece of advice. So, uh, so based on what you're saying there, that's, uh, just being there and showing up in an uncommon way that, that keeps you top of mind. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I do, I, I agree with you though. Like, I think that's a, a really great um, point for where people can start with to look at like who are who's that like highest value buyer that you have and how can you create this reminder that's going to speak for itself like I've seen some coaches give flowers but to me like I don't personally like getting flowers because flowers die and then it's I on my bad gift list there. actually you know like wait we, what we, we have a bad gift list and yeah. flowers are on, flowers are on them yeah <laughs> because they only do last about a week and then they die right so. Exactly. Yeah, they're on the they're they're on the bad gift list. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then I saw another coach like when she would sign one-on-one clients, she would get them. Oh gosh, I can't I forget what the brand is, but it's like something like Gucci or like one of those brands. But she got them like a wallet, you know, and and you know, that's it's cool. Something you pull out all the time. I think it was like around five hundred dollars, but you know, that's nothing if somebody's paying you 21,000 for six months, you know? Correct. So yeah. And so actually on that note, a good way to, to determine a budget for what you're spending on people, it's always five, around five to 10% of whatever they're worth. Um, okay. uh, in terms of the, the, that's a good budget, but like, don't forget, it's not always about what the client is worth financially. Sometimes it's people who have just bought the hardest and the heaviest into you, like the emotional value, the emotional investment. If you are able to determine that, like I have clients of mine in real estate who had bought $300,000 houses, but they love me way more than some of the million dollar clients I have. So I'm like, yeah. I know you're only worth financially, you were a $6,000 transaction and a million dollar client is worth about twenty dollars to $25,000. I'm probably still going to, well, I'm certainly going to keep the $300,000 buyer in my top A yeah. plus ranking because they love me. So I'm still, so financially, I'm going to invest in them, of course, because, but just because- it's it's not always it's not solely based on financial uh, income. That's all I'm saying is, yeah. is so if you can just I guess identify that top twenty percent financially helps of course. Yeah, obviously you can get bigger things and more things for the people who pay you the most. But uh, if there if there is an emotional buy in too, those mm-hmm. are the people that I think because p- remember at the end of the day people buy emotionally and justify logically. So if they well, make yeah. a big emotional like, commitment, if you want to go back to the example I told you earlier with my real estate agent, you know. Um, yeah, our house sold for like 310 in North Florida. So it was in Jackson. It was in just like on the border of Jacksonville and St. Augustine. But like, and so I, and and I actually said that to my husband, I was like, compared to the million dollar deals they're doing in Ponte Vedra right now, we are a very low priority to her. But what she doesn't get is that I am like, if I'm your fan, I'm going to sell for you. And like, I will sell you before me because I believe in you. And I think you're going to give amazing service. But if you borderline treat me like shit along the way and don't realize that, then I'm not going to do it. And I'm not going to say anything for you to you, you know, or what, or, you know what I mean? Like for you on your behalf. And like, in this case, we had actually used her as our realtor when we listed our house to rent back when she was like, nobody It's like, she was working for like, just basically hustling for rentals. And then I think in the three years there now she's, you know, and the market was like exploding. So she was doing super, super well. And I, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think she's a great person in turn, but I think there's a lot to learn there. And maybe it was a, you know, there's some lessons that maybe somebody else is teaching her because I don't live there anymore. But like, that was an opportunity where we had not only like used her once, but already used her twice. And yet you're treating us like we, you know, you know what I mean? Like we don't yeah. matter when that $300,000 deal, I think it was like 315. 
that could have turned into a few million dollars. I mean, I'm a pharmaceutical rep in Jacksonville. I've got a lot of connections all over the city, not to mention referral deals down here in St. Petersburg for people moving up that way, you know, which there were several. And so, you know, there's a, there, you got to look at the bigger picture there, like not just what is on paper in front of you, but like yep. I agree with Steve here where, you know, you've got to look at the bigger picture and what's that lifetime value of the client to you. Yeah. Well, you got to treat everybody like as if they are, so the way I used to do this when when I was doing more active real estate stuff is I looked at every client as if they were worth 200 people. So yeah. I'm, I, I'm not behaving for just this one person. I'm behaving for 200 people because that's mm -hmm. what I think the average network of a person is like something like they have, they're like their immediate network, not like mm -hmm. all their entire sphere of influence. I think their immediate network is like 180 or something like that or something or two. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. I forget the number, but it's in the hundreds or low hundreds. So it's like, yeah. you know, you're talking to, basically 150 to 300 people every time you engage with one person. So mm -hmm. it's like, you better put on a freaking good face. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I want to be their real estate agent for life. I, I, I wanted to be, I don't want to just, uh, you know, there's a Brian Buffini says, talks about like being relational versus transactional. Yeah. And like, oh my God. I say yeah. that. I, yeah. who, who else is saying that out there? Uh, Brian Buffini is the guy who actually taught me how to do real estate. So he, he, oh. uh, he's super good at that. I mean, he's a great coach too. So, yeah. uh, but he, he basically taught that to me and I was just like, that makes so much sense. So the realtor, you told me, it sounds the story you told us, it was just like, it sounds like it was just like, Hey, get a transaction, find them, fleece and forget them, move on. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's transactional and relational yeah. doesn't do that because relational people don't, uh, you're stuck. Like I tell every client at settlement, it's like, Hey, just so you know, I come with the house. Like you're stuck with me. Like I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and anytime you need something, let me know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to be. Yeah. Cause I believe a hundred percent the same way, especially in the online space, because, and, and when you look at lead generation in the online space, how a lot of it can look very transactional, you know, like the cold DMS and send out like a hundred and 200 and 300 yeah. messages that are all copy and pasted. Like, you know, versus spending a little extra time trying to figure out something about that person that you can connect with, you know, and when people start to feel like my point of view is when people buy in a transactional way, then they're going to leave you quickly. They're more, they're more likely to leave you quickly because they're looking for like a quick fix. And then if, but if people are buying through the relationship, then it's more likely to turn into a long-term thing where it's not just one purchase from you. It could be a lifetime of purchases from you and that emotional connection where you not just have rapport, but you understand, and they're comfortable with telling you what's going on because there's so many different types of buyers out there. Some will lay it all out on the table right there. And others are going to like keep their emotions tight to their vest because they don't want to hurt you. But if you've created that space where it can be open and they can tell you like what's going on, like the shit's hitting the fan or everything's perfect and cool, you know, like you want to have that open communication. And if you're treating your buyers transactionally, they're never going to open up to you because they just see you as another 7-Eleven they're passing on the street. Yeah. And that's the light. And that doesn't do any good because you're actually at the end of the year, you're just going to have to redo your, you're starting your whole career over every year at the beginning of every, every January 1st. It's not yeah. like there's no compound effect taking place, which obviously yeah. those, those who understand it. Yeah, you know, yeah. what was it, whatever the quote is. Yeah. <laughs> Those who understand it earn it. Those who don't pay it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I had not heard that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That's, that's uh, Ben Franklin. I think it's Ben Franklin or is it uh, Albert Einstein? I can't remember which one it is. 
Either one, they were very powerful Illuminati, and I support them. <laughs> yes, both of them were both extremely illuminated for sure. <laughs> oh my God. Well, this has been so much fun. Now, Steve, tell everybody where they can find you, what you got going on now, like how, how can I support you here and your journey? Because I fully believe that this is the way to go. It's so in alignment with what I preach here. Sure. I mean, you guys could send me an email anytime at steve at appreciationadvocate.com or, you know, or you could just follow the Instagram accounts. That's the appreciation at appreciation advocate, or uh, here's a real hard one for my Philadelphia real estate agents stuff. Um, real difficult to remember. Ready? Uh, at Philadelphia real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah. And hey guys, if you live in a different area besides Philadelphia, you can always send people who are moving there to Steve too. So oh, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't, not even. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you, Cassie. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not do not too salesy to, to go with the theme of the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And you guys go find Steve online, and you have a lot to learn from him. I think he can help you retain clients and create some people who want to, you know, love you long time for sure. <laughs> yes. Give, all right. Make sure well, they're relational. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. And I'll see you all. Make sure you like this. Wait, what is it? Like the episode, subscribe to my podcast. Gosh, it's like, I've never done this before, right? So with the <laughs> I'm not salesy podcast since we're starting again. Okay. Just be sure to leave a review if you really love it. So more people can find it because we're just getting started here again. If you've come over from the topless manifester, welcome, but also um, tell all your friends about it who are in the industry too and want to learn how to make sales in a way that's not salesy. All right. Thank you guys. I'll see you next episode. Bye. If you've ever sat there and looked at your DMs and been like, oh my God, this is literally full of crickets. Like there's nothing going on but the rent here. And you're like, oh my gosh, what does it take to actually have an inbox full of people wanting to work with me, having leads coming to me every day, having people saying, send me the link, you know, and really have these results that you see other people having and you just like think that there's something wrong with you because you're not getting it. If this is you, then listen up. I have the most amazing way to work together. And I feel like this is something that you don't have to experience, right? If you've posted up content every single day for months now and you're still not getting any inbound leads reaching out to you and you actually want to fill your programs with ideal clients and have people saying, send me the link and really build your business, but you feel like it should be working right now, then don't throw in the towel. Come to Mama Cass. I want to see you filling your programs with dream clients. I want you to feel like it is so, you're so completely confident when you're promoting your programs and that you're, you hear way more of a yes instead of getting ghosted and you know exactly what to say during your sales conversations. And when you show up, whether it's in the DMs and, you know, you're talking to like the crazy amount of people that, that really want to work with you or you're on a sales call, you know, I want you to be able to get on the phone and get on sales calls with people who are already pre-sold saying, how can we get started without you even having to pitch them? And even when you do have to pitch them and you get to that point in the sales call, it's so easy breezy that it's just like, it's easy as breathing, right? 
I want you to know that this is possible because this month I'm starting with a group of experts, a group of coaches and consultants who really want to grow their business. I'm going to teach you how to turn your coaching business into a sales machine, but one that's actually fun to run, right? Like the Maserati of sales machines, a Porsche, right? So we're going to go way past just giving you trainings and processes to create a steady flow of inbound quality leads. I'm actually going to be practicing scenarios with you so that you know how to close your sales. You know how to develop customer relationships and you get real time feedback on your actual DMs so that you start closing sales in the DMs. and You start hearing more yes on your sales calls. And I'm even going to give you the tools to clear out the old fears and beliefs and the frustrating emotions that have prevented you from making sales so that you start stacking money in your bank account. There's nothing else like this online. I expect this first group to fill up really quickly. And I want you to send me a DM on Instagram or on LinkedIn with the word sales. Tell me that you heard this on the podcast and I will get you the details because I want to see you wildly successful. I want this ripple effect to really take off. It makes me happier to see your results than it sees than than to see my own because it means that this ripple effect is happening and that the work we do together is going far beyond just the call that we are on, that it's going on to impact your clients and impact the lives surrounded by them as well. This is the vibe. So this is what we're doing in the Sales Queen Takeover. You're going to learn how to attract leads that are aligned with you, that feel great working with. You're going to learn how to do this in a way where you're able to easily close them on the sales calls, easily close in the DMs so that you can get to work helping the people who need you most and that you can have an insane amount of impact on the world on a daily basis. So I look forward to seeing you there. I am so excited for this to get started and I can't wait to hear what you create. If you loved this episode of I'm Not Salesy, then go ahead and hit subscribe so that you're notified of the next episode. And also leave a five-star rating and a review. And if you send it to the link in the show notes, we will send you a present in return. We also love to feature reviews on the podcast as well. So we'd love to feature yours. So go ahead and send a screenshot to the inbox and come find me on social media. I love hearing what you're up to and how you're becoming not salesy too. I'll see you in the next episode.